The following is a Sports Ethos presentation. Yo, 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 welcome to a special hybrid episode of Round Ball Ramble and the news project I'm working on with some great friends of mine, Let's Ball Out. I'm your host, Corbin Forge. Follow me on Twitter at CorbinNBA. Uh, this is Sports Ethos presentation, so check out Sports Ethos on Twitter at Sports Ethos, S-P-O-R-T-S-E-T-H-O-S, online, sportsethos.com. Yo, 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 and welcome to another edition of Roundball Ramble. I'm your host, Corbin Ford. You can follow me on Twitter at CorbinNBA. This is a Sports Ethos presentation, so check out Sports Ethos on Twitter at Sports Ethos. Pretty simple. S-P-O-R-T-S-E-T-H-O-S. Online, SportsEthos.com. Pretty simple, great resources, great content, awesome podcasts, including this one hosted by yours truly, so definitely make sure to check that out. Uh, I have been sick for a little bit now, if you haven't noticed, by the absence of shows. Um, COVID has not been kind, but fortunately I'm feeling much better, and today I'm happy to present a special treat yet again. Another episode of Let's Ball Out, which is a new project I'm also doing with my good friends Alicia and Kelsley. And it is the same as Ramble Ramble. More perspective, additional people, definitely more um, jokes and ribbings on our favorite teams, but also good analysis, great um, back and forth on what we have seen across the NBA. And I really think you'll enjoy another episode of us all here together. So I'm happy to present that to you here in a second. Um, Before I let you go, I do want to say I will be back really soon. Um, my voice is getting better. I just don't want to put myself out where I'm talking for like 30, 35 minutes and slurring my words and trying to clear my throat. And I tried two episodes of that like a week and a half ago, and it was not good product and just not up to my standards. So I'd rather just not do it, um, which does suck for a daily or at least semi-regular NBA show, but I'm going to do my best to get right and ramp it back up. So definitely stay tuned for that. Um, Aside from that, enjoy y'all. This was a lot of fun. Uh, Alicia and Kelsey are great folks, and we have a, a blast, as always. So definitely make sure to um, enjoy this and follow um, us all on our social media. We share that in the show. Definitely make sure to dig into that. Last but not least, if you can rate, review, subscribe um, to the show, give me some feedback, good, bad, ugly. I really don't care. I just want to improve and get better. And if I can get it from y'all, then that helped me get there. So um, until next time, y'all, enjoy the rest of your Monday. Enjoy Let's Ball Out. And uh, until next time, I'll talk to y'all later. All right, y'all. Welcome back to another episode of Let's Ball Out with myself, Alicia. We got Corbin, who is recovering, but Corbin is here with us. Corbin, say hello, please. Okay, thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Yo, you know the boss. Kelsey came from the Miami Heat game. Um, Yeah. To, to join us today. Thank you so much, Kelsey, for taking time out of your day. 
out of the cold, cold weather of 64 degrees. Um, thank you so much for joining us. No doubt. Just joking. No doubt. <laughs> I was like, wow, okay. It's cold outside. Y'all tripping. It actually is 63 degrees out here in Arizona, in case you were wondering. Oh, my God. Shut up. Very okay, brisk. Very guys. chilly. Thank you, guys. Brisk the is the perfect word. Brisk. Yes. Whatever. But we, I want to start off this week uh, with how are your favorite teams doing? What's going on? Kelly, you just came from a game. So, you know, you can kind of start it off, start us off with what's going on with the Heat. So, yeah, the Miami Heat just got, just came back home from a really long road trip, um, playing teams like Sacramento, Portland, Golden State. They, they did a pretty good job um, on the road. Came back, got a big time win against uh, the Hawks. Nothing too crazy. We did lose to the Sixers, though, the first time this year. Um, but we just had a nice victory against the Raptors. And um, the Heat looking great, man. They're looking fantastic. Um, we just got Bam out of Vibe back for the first time within a month and a half. So that was excellent to see him perform well. Um, and then, again, the undrafted players like Max Strews, um, Caleb Martin. Uh, of course, you know Duncan Robinson. But um, some, some of these unsung heroes and Tyler Hero have definitely been hoping uh, for the Miami Heat. So uh, we're, we're looking great. Number two in the East. Um, we're definitely doing better than this team that wears um, gold and purple in, in Los Angeles. <laughs> yeah, we kind of want to pivot to that because uh, just let the listeners know that we have been ragging on Corbin for the past two weeks because this team is not good. Uh, even Magic Johnson came out and decided Ooh. to speak up and say, you know what, Lakers fans, you deserve more. And I love that Magic said that because he also added Jeannie Buss in the tweet and mentioned, girl, you need to do something else because we're saying it. So Corbin, as our, you know, own Lakers fan here, what's going on with the team? We can't hear you because you're muted. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. No, I know. I know. I was trying to get myself okay. together. Oh, okay. But, okay. like, okay, we lost three of our last four games, right? I, what I don't like, I'm just going to hit back on the Magic Johnson, like, whatever that was. Because who was he? Last I checked, he quit on us with the press conference, and he was running Whoa. the damn team. Remember that? I'm you just saying. He, he did. He did. So he now would have come out the woodwork. He was the one who couldn't close the AD deal who was sitting there quitting in the middle of a press conference telling Jeannie, well, I'm done. Didn't even tell Jeannie directly, told her through the media. So his reputation is like under my little baby brother who don't even know about basketball, like in terms of who I'm going to listen to for some Laker takes. But putting that aside, putting that aside, we have not been <laughs> in the best of straights. I will say that, but we are on the come up right now. As a recording, the Lakers are up over the Utah Jazz. One of the best team in the Western Conference. We're leading right now, okay? By the time y'all listen to this, we'll have one. By the two game. points, please. I want the listeners to be aware. By they're literally up 24-22. It's the first quarter. You don't have guys. to say all that. I you didn't put all the details. No, I had to. I had to put the caveat in there because you made it seem like the Lakers were up by like 17. They're up yeah. by two. Uh, I, I also want to address sure. Magic Johnson slander because uh, Wow, right. Magic Johnson? Yes. He's a, he's, he's, there's a word I want to use you for said, him. I can't say You said he's vibe. a nobody? He's, fu- no, he's just, he's, fu- he's not, he's not a nobody, but for what, for all intents and purposes for the Lakers, he got nothing to do with what's going on. He's not the reason we won the championship. He's not, we, like, who is he right now? He's another in the, in the, in the millions of bystanders. Like, his um, opinion yeah. right now is, is of little consequence to us real Laker fans. 
I'm not saying I'm you more know, of a Laker fan than Magic, know, but it's funny because um, Magic Johnson is literally Los Angeles. Let's talk about a guy that owns stakes in the Dodgers, owns stakes in the Sparks, owns stakes in the LAFC, which is LA Football Club. That's MLS. Like, listen, <laughs> Kelsey. Let me tell you, man. If I had Magic's money, I'd own all that too. I, I just want you to know right now, okay? If, if money was of no object, I'd be right up there too. Would I be missing Los Angeles? I'm rich. I'm just, just saying. You know what? I just want I just want to also put another caveat in there on how he made his money and how he is who he is, is because he played for your same beloved Lakers and gave you guys championships and made you guys relevant. Okay. So the all those banners that you guys you guys love to hang on and ride and swing through the damn stadium with is the same banners that he's the one put up there so please put, respect magic he put five of our 18 up there i will give credit for that five of the 18 that's true he didn't you help as what? a coach he, he didn't help an executive any all right just say I, I like how you only say it's five out of 18 mind you most of the ones that came prior were people who probably sold insurance and were freaking doing absolutely nothing with their Kobe got five lebron got one i just gotta I give Kobe, love rest in peace Kobe, you know, I'm not doing this with you today, Corbin. I am not. But I just want you to know that Magic Johnson is not the one to just be throwing around names as if he's inconsequential okay. to the Lakers franchise hold. Okay, I'll give you that. I'll give you that. Talking like he played for the Knicks. Yeah, that, that, I'm like, well, when he said, I know, no. <laughs> Magic, it's like, wait, what? And you a Lakers fan? Like, it's and just right, like, like, I have, like somebody I have to correct a Lakers play. fan, mind you. And I am the Knicks fan here who, you know, actually I'm a rational Knicks fan. So that's probably why I can give kind of some levity. Excuse me. I, game, I'm very rational. And, and for those so that are listening, when, when, when she says rational, we're going to put quotes, like, you know, those air quotes. <laughs> rational <laughs> Knicks fan. Continue. I'm sorry. I am very rational. I, I don't know what you guys are, are trying to imply here. I'm very rational. But I just, you know, the Knicks aren't, the Knicks are who we thought they were, honestly. They are in the same position as they were last year. And it's just that Julius hasn't been playing well as he did last year. And the whole thing that happened with him a couple of weeks ago and how he's been playing, I'm just ready to see Cam Reddish play on the court. Um, you know, I feel like he can kind of give us a little spark. We've been lackluster, to say the least, and we brought in some pieces because of defensive reasons, and it hasn't worked. So I'm hoping that Cam can kind of bring something to, you know, the lineup and the team. But, I mean, we're not too far out of the playoffs. I will say that. We're not far behind. So if we can make a push, listen, Corbin, um, Kelsey, let me hold on to my little dream here. Uh, If we can make a push, you know, we're not too far back out of the eighth seed. It's going to be a tough one, though, because there's a lot of mediocre teams that are right in the mix with us. But. Let's see how this goes. Well, I know Kevin Knox is like, and today's MLK for those that are listening. Uh, Kevin Knox is like, free at last, free at last. No, like, you no, did not. I'm free at last. <laughs> you did not do that. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Although I actually agree with you on that, though. But, I mean, it just oh, seems oh like Alicia God. surprised that mediocre teams are surrounded by so many other mediocre teams. Like, newsflash, you know, mediocrity, that's, that's where you're tough. at. The East is tough. Like yeah, the East is tough of of just mediocre, but it's okay. Like as long as we're in the mix, we're not the worst. Okay, true. so that's better. They're not than lottery. 
Y'all not lottery, as y'all should. Yeah, exactly. Because the 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 Hawks are like they're lottery. They're borderline lottery, and it's it's amazing how. Which is crazy. Yeah. Because last year, you know, you were thinking about Trey Young taking that next step into stardom, you know, and, and really putting a team on their back. I really thought this year they have to be top four in the East to really say, okay, we had a good regular season. And they're not even. <laughs> uh, do you, anybody know where they are currently right now? I believe they're like tenth or ninth in the standings. Yeah. Let me check right now because I think you're right. They might uh, be nine. They're twelve. Ha <laughs> think they're twelve. They're twelve. Right. But like, here's my thing about that. I, I feel like last year people just took a lot of what Lance did and just ran with. It. Remember, I mean, they had a whole bunch of dysfunction. You had Lloyd Pierce get fired after what thirty-four games, and then Nate McMillan take over and just do amazing. Then they played the Knicks, who let's be real, like the Knicks weren't. They, they, they weren't. They really weren't that. Okay, so first round bye. Seventy Sixers. Ben Simmons. That's all I got to say about that. Bye, right? I feel like 76ers were pretenders, too. Uh, Yeah, you go. Exactly. So you kind of, like, get a free pass to the Eastern Conference Finals. Now, the fact that you took two games from the Bucs, that's great. Mind you, Giannis was injured for some of that, uh, and the Bucs ultimately still won. But if you take the whole postseason in totality for Atlanta, I'm not really seeing a team that's there. You know what I mean? I may be seeing a team that's on the rise, maybe seeing a team that took advantage of some situations that open up for them. But, like, everyone came next year going, oh, yeah, you got to put Atlanta right there. And I'm like, no. Like, the same people did with the Knicks. Like, all due respect to both teams, but, like, they took advantage of situations that were open to them. The East having injuries at the top and and COVID still being a big thing last year. They won games that they should have. They won some that they shouldn't have. And now we come back down to earth. So, like, I'm not surprised by Atlanta. Like, Nah, you know, like, yeah, are they a little worse than we expected? Yeah, Clint Capella coming out the gate slower than he uh, was playing last year, for sure. There's been some other issues, defense, there's been some dysfunction, John Collins has been mad. There's been issues here and there, for sure. But, like, this Atlanta Hawks team is kind of where I thought they would be, maybe two or three games worse, because, like, I didn't look at them up there. When you took every team in the East, went healthy, including the Bulls and other teams that assembled like that, Atlanta is probably in that 9-12 to range, in my opinion. Wow. Um, yeah, that was, that was a really hot take there. Um, I, I was going to say this, Corbin. Um, do you think the Atlanta Hawks would be where they are with Trey Young averaging just about 28 points per game and almost 10 assists a game? And they're still 12 in the East. In the East. Well, do you, I mean, if we're going to look at that, last year, Trey Young had 25 and 8. The year before that, Trey Young had 29 and, and, and what? 29 and four no 29 and nine my bad like he puts up numbers that's what he do i'm not okay. i'm, I'm, I'm okay. not yeah like this is what he does i'm just the hawks teams around him and to a level to a certain extent i think his level of play hasn't been like commissioned of a team that's supposed to be where they are like i mean somebody got to score the points right yeah i mean well if, if they were outside the southeastern division Home of the Magic, home of the Hornets, home of the Miami Heat. <laughs> um, I don't see them having any type of success no time soon because the Heat, what they got going on, um, the Heat is on, on. That's like one of our big songs. Yeah, I heard Dying. that. Yeah. I also we, love, we love that we're global. <laughs> we're global, baby. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. <laughs> All right, we're just going to pivot onto the West because you guys have been gaming on about the East. But let's talk about the probably best team who's had a showing in these last couple of weeks, Memphis. Memphis has been playing off the hook for these last couple of weeks. John Morant, MVP, like 
Desmond Bain, these guys have just been showing and proving like they're young guys, but they're ready to go. And, you know, I think they can make a run in the playoffs. How far? I would say probably first round and get that under their, you know, under their feet. But Memphis has been doing extremely well. They are like the 2010 or 2011 OKC. Um, just on the cusp, they're extremely young, extremely talented, and they have they have um, some really good, talented players. John Morant is very much exceptional. Um, Mr. Jackson is pretty damn good as well. He's not no KD, but um, again, they have a really young group of guys that play positionless basketball in a sense. And then they, they have Stephen Adams to go ahead and give them the leadership that they need, that that person that has experience within the league. Um, what they've done without John Morant was special, but now that he's back into the mix, and especially with the guy, John Morant, and it shows his character because let's not forget his first game back, he has somebody in the crowd saying, <laughs> we want you back sitting out. You know what I'm saying? And he took that, let that soak in, and we saw how – a statement like that affected him because he was like, whoa, it, it really affected him. So to see them still have success and John Moran is a big time part of what they have going on. They're third in the Western conference. Do I think coming into the season, they were going to be top four? Not really. I definitely feel like they can be six, maybe even fifth because again, John Moran is a special talent, but uh, I know there for a fact, there are exceeding expectations. And the closest thing I can compare them to is that 2010, 2011, young Kevin Durant, young Russell Westbrook, where they are not championship contenders, but they are now earning respect from the whole entire NBA. I, I, I can agree with that. I think that, I was surprised. I'm not going to lie. Like the way the Grizzlies have played to when they first started, like, okay, you know what? There's a team that is continuity matters. You know, they had had this, the young guys kind of growing together, um, but it's going to stop at some point. And like, it hasn't stopped. And like you said, it, they've kind of have shades of that, like early 2010, you know, Oklahoma city thunder um, since December 1st, they've been what not only first in record at 19 and four over those games played, but also first in that rating first in defense efficiency, like first in points in the paint, like they're dominating all levels. I, you can't argue with that, you know, and they're taking care of business against, you know, great teams like the Lakers and the Warriors or, you know, lesser known teams as well. Um, you know, they don't really matter. So I had to slip that in there, but the point being is that, they're, they're legit, you know, and as far as their overall ceiling, I don't know. I'm, I'm more with Alicia in terms of maybe I'll even say maybe even not. I'll even give it maybe first, second round. I'll give them second round. I just think that the very top, like if you play in a team over seven games and you're able to key in on some of these younger guys um, weaknesses, you're able to like force Shaw in, in, in all in always possible into being more of a jump shooter or even better focus his horrible defense, because that's the one thing that he's been like the sore spot of an otherwise very good Memphis Grizzlies defense is like attacking him. And I think the best teams at the top can do that over a seven-game series with health obviously permitting, that can be a factor. So I'm not thinking they're contenders in that way, but, like, they definitely are in the upper echelon of teams that are, like, for real. I look at them like, I don't know, let's say, like, the Denver Nuggets the last couple of years. Like, yeah, I could see them, like, squinting your eyes and they could be in the conference finals. Am I, like, banking on it? No, but it's possible. That's fair. That's really fair. I like that Denver Nuggets own comparison for sure. 
Yeah. So what are you guys' top four teams to win it all? So right now I have the Warriors number one. Bucks. Reigning champs. Okay. Well you brought you broke up a little bit. Can you read it one more time? I heard Warriors and I heard Bucks. Okay. I had the Warriors number one. Number two, I have who did I have? I just said it. (laughs) It's all good. It's all good. (laughs) Number one, I had the Warriors. Number two, I had probably have a mix. Oh no! (laughs) I told you I'm rational. Okay. Yeah. Okay, but not in no particular order. I had the Warriors. I have the Bucks. I have the Suns. And oh my god! Like I literally just said it a minute ago. You don't have the Nets. No, the Nets are out for me. Whoa! Well, actually, no. You can't. You gotta say why. You can't just put that out there and just be quiet. Okay. No, top four. I would put the Nets in the top four. Um, I'm interested to see how they go on this next run with Kyrie, because I think the next eleven out of fourteen games are on the road, and with KD out, they'll be able to kind of get a run with Kyrie. I just think James Harden has to show more. If James doesn't step up, I don't see them getting out of the East against the Bucks, to be honest. But if Katie comes back healthy and well, James steps up and they have Kyrie on the road, I think that they should be okay. I, I have them in the top four. I, I literally, I'm blanking, but I have them in the top four. I have the Warriors number one, but I feel like the Warriors are going to win it all. Um, and then I have the Bucks. Okay. Okay. Gotta throw it over to you, Kelsey. Um, yeah, I think we're all in agreements. Uh definitely think the Warriors, um, for sure. I think they I mean as of right now, they are the team to beat. Um, I definitely have the Miami Heat um in that in that conversation. I do think they're gonna make it out of the East. Um, even with uh a, a, a fully healthy Brooklyn Nets, that's that's a tough one. But right now they, they have not proven to stay healthy. So I'm going to go ahead and bank on that. Um, but I definitely have the, the Heat and the Nets. Um, I definitely think when you have a person with Kevin Durant's um, expertise and his just God-given abilities where he's almost a seven-foot unicorn in a sense where you can't block his shot, he has to miss it on his own, you can win any single game no matter how good the defense because good offense always outscores good defense, no if ands, or buts about it. Now, the Phoenix Suns, what they had going on last year, was it a fluke? I wouldn't say it was a fluke. It's kind of rough. I do like the Utah Jazz. I do like the Utah Jazz. I think they are next in line. I think they've been waiting their turn, just like how every good NBA team has in history, right? Even the Miami Heat with the big three, they lost their first year. Um, I think this is going to be the year where they're going to go ahead and make life tough for the Western competition. If I were facing the Utah Jazz in the first round, I would hate that matchup. Second round, I would hate that matchup. I would only want to play them in the conference championship. And I definitely think with uh, with Donovan Mitchell's, you know, inspiration and Dwayne Wade, I think that's going to go ahead and bring his his um, elevation or his game to the to the next level. What is so, there an issue? You make him sound like a little engine that could. So because of Dwayne Wade, he's going to try harder than ever before. No, it's not. <laughs> 
no, 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 no. I'm no, confused. No, no. You gotta expound. I'm sir. talking. Dwayne Dwayne Wade has a killer instinct about himself. The people like Reggie Miller, they have a killer instinct about themselves. They have that it, right? But then um, you said Donald now, Mitchell. Yeah, Don, Donovan Mitchell is inspired by Dwayne Wade. Let's do, the dude, Donovan Mitchell used to sit there and sleep with the, the Miami Heat in the finals in 2006 and listen to those games. He's so in tune with what Dwayne Wade done in his career. And Dwayne Wade is a, is a bad mother lover. I ain't going to lie to you. Y'all going to go ahead and keep keying he, he, ha, ha, all y'all want. But when I when it comes down to the conference championship and it's the Warriors and the Jazz, y'all going to be like, whoa, Kelsey was talking some real okay. stuff because Rudy Gobert no. is still the best defender, one of the top defending bigs in the game. And that is tough. Okay. That, that is First true. Of all, happy birthday, Dwayne Wade. Happy birthday. It's crazy. Is it birthday year? Um, big 40. Yeah. It big is 40. Um, I just have a question. You said that Donovan Mitchell slept with the game. So you think the subconscious work? Okay. So like he was doing like the rest of us, right? <laughs> you fall asleep to a game and the game's just playing. Right? Yeah, but it's it's so much okay. deeper than that. Like it's, no. it's on a meditation type of level to be one within. Like he's almost in. All right, y'all laughing right now. Oh huh? no, I'm it's sorry. No, I, listen, Kelsey. I love your belief and your faith. I'm just imagining him going. All right, time to tap my inner Dwayne Wade. Like THT was a big <laughs> LeBron fan, so I'm like waiting for THT to transform into the second coming of LeBron. Like I, I get what you're coming from. I really do, my friend. I just. It's just the passion that that's doing it for me, man. I, I, I'm with you, though. I'm with you. I'm in support. All right. I hope I hope we write these names down. Okay, Alicia put her four teams. I have my four teams. I know for a fact the Lakers better not come out your mouth, Corbin, because they are not top four teams. <laughs> but when we they look at me. our four teams, all right, Corbin, okay. Corbin, please share. Thank you. Come on, Corbin. I'm shy now, but okay. Here we go. So. In no particular order, Lakers, Nets, Bucks, and then I'm going to have to throw in Warriors because, of course. Now, and here's why. So, the the Suns, Kelsey kind of touched on it. I'm just going to piggyback on that. I don't tr- – I think the continuity was a great deal. I think they were like a, a, a better version of what the Hawks did, you know, taking advantage of an injured Lakers team, taking advantage of an injured Nuggets team. Take advantage of a, of a short-handed Clippers team. You know, you play the Lakers with half of Anthony Davis, okay? You play the Nuggets without Jamal Murray or or, um, or Michael Porter Jr. being hampered, okay? Then you play the Clippers without Kawhi, okay, great. And then you can't even take care of business up two games to zero over the Milwaukee Bucks with a hampered Giannis, just saying. So, at this point, they're playing well, they're together, continuity, all that jazz. They're a very good team, but, like, they're on my outs. Why am I Lakers in? Everybody been looking at me and think I'm crazy. And this made my inner Kelsel here. But, like, I believe that LeBron, who right now is second league in scoring, is going to look at this front office and say, listen, trade deadlines in less than a month. We got to make some wholesale changes. I think that Rob Palenka has shown that he can flip a team like a – well, can't use it. He can flip a team on the fly and, and definitely bring in the, the weapons that LeBron needs. He swung and missed. He gambled and lost with Russell Westbrook and these guys. But I think – that there's going to be some changes on this Lakers team in addition to health from the return of AD, in addition to maybe the return of Kendrick Nunn, that I'll get these Lakers back on speed. You don't want to mess with LeBron and AD. Those are two of the top 10 players in the NBA when healthy. So there's two. I'm going to let you, I'm going to let you finish. I'm going to let you finish. But um, after that, the Nets, I'm not betting against KD, Kyrie, and and James Harden. No matter what type of permutation you get out of that, those that's a nightmare. 
and I'm rolling with them. Um, and then last but not least, Milwaukee, they won the whole thing. Like, I don't know why I should bet against them. So those are my four. Now, now. I, I got a question here. Um, so what you are saying here, I don't want to make sure we get on the record. Um, the way the Lakers are currently constructed right now, they have no shot in Hades <laughs> to be top four. You're solely relying on them making deals at the trade deadline. Is that well, true? Well, 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 okay. So, so as contenders, LeBron in the playoffs, Wait, I'm you see still... how high your, your, your voice got there? I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> As contenders, as contenders. <laughs> I'm sorry, bro. I already know how hard Stressing it is. Stressing me out, man. All right, you know how hard this is for me. Okay, you know what I'm fighting here. Okay, but anyways, <laughs> you're right though. I ain't gonna lie, you got me. But as contenders, right now, it's kind of iffy. I'm not betting against LeBron in the playoffs. I'm still not doing it yet. So I may be crazy for that, but like, yeah, as contenders right now, no, we ain't got a shot. But like, by the end of the year, the Lakers are going to make a move, undoubtedly. Like, that's going to happen. Like, absolutely, they're not looking at this team and going to say, you know what, we got what it takes. Because I know good and well we don't got what it takes, and I'm delusional as a Lakers fan sometimes. So all I'm trying to say is this: like, all I'm trying to say is this: the Lakers will make moves with LeBron playing at the level he's at right now, and the return to AD. I think the Lakers are going to be one of those contending teams. You're not betting against those guys. At least I'm not. So they're up there throwing the Warriors, uh, bringing those two teams from the East. Um, who did I say? I said Milwaukee and uh, Brooklyn, and those are my four. Miami's yeah, you, nice. They a good you, second you, you, team. De- you definitely said Suns and the Lakers. Um, they just sprinkled in oh, the Warriors. Oh no, no, no! I said the Suns. No, I said the Suns aren't. I said the Suns aren't going to make it. Okay, I was saying the reasons okay. why. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah, okay. Nah, okay. Okay. That's fair, that's fair, that's fair. All right. Well, let's kind of pivot again to the trade deadline because, Corbin, you may mention that Vapalenka would be able to make a mountain out of molehill of this team that is left on the Lakers' current roster. So who do you want? Who do you, who do you think that can come over here and change this team's dynamic and make them into the contenders that you think that they are? So I'm happy you said that. I have a three-team trade cooked up just for this right here. Um, there's one way right now that we can get everyone what they need, right? And that's involving three teams. It's my Lakers, the Sacramento Kings, and the New York Knicks, right? The Knicks, they trash right now. They boo-boo. They need some continuity. They need a real superstar that's not a fake superstar in Julius Randle. I say we give them that guy. We give them that point guard they need. We give them Russell Westbrook, right? Fine. Russell Westbrook goes to New York. What do the Kings get out of this? We'll give them Alec Burks. We'll give them Evan Fournier, Kent Bazemore from the Lakers, and a seven-round pick. And then what do the Lakers get from this? We get Buddy Hield, which we should have had to begin with. We get Kemba Walker from New York because they ain't using him, and then he was injured. And then we get Damian Jones. I think that works out well for all three teams. The Kings, they can take whatever we got and do what they're going to do anyway. The Knicks, now you got a guy that you can, like, work with that's actually going to put butts in seats and actually be half decent. And Russell needs, like, he needs a team on his own. Like, the, like whoever he's in charge of isn't going to go far, of course, because, like, unfortunately, he's not that guy. But he's not fit at this point in his career. He's more like an Allen Iverson in the sense that, like, he's not going to fit in with, like, other established superstars. It has to be his way of the highway. With the Knicks in the East, he can do that, you know? You know, get Madison Square rocking for a good six-game six first-round exit. It's better than the four-game sweep they would have. You know what I mean? And then for the Lakers, we get a shooter in Buddy Hield. 
We get a point guard, Kemba Walker, run, pick, and roll, and we get a center, Damian Jones, who can finish above the rim and play defense. I think that that's something that Rob could do. This is just a thought from, from a guy like myself who's just throwing together some trades, but I think all three teams benefit from this. Just, just an example. Okay, so no, I don't like that at all. I don't want Russell well, Westbrook on the team. Really? I, I, first of all, I'm shocked. don't ever underestimate, don't ever, ever, ever underestimate New York Knicks fans being in seats. The garden always sells out, no matter who is on the court. That place is always very full true, very true. and Respect. overpriced. Okay, very so true. we don't need to put butts in seats as you as you just claimed. That's with the, with the soup with the marquee the two, player though, not 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 for Al Harrington and you know other guys scrubs. Yeah, and you know what? We rooted for David Lee and Al Harrington and whoever else was Chris Duhon, the fourth man on any other team, just like we're doing with Julius Randle. Exactly, because you know what? We get it out the mud in New York. We don't sit around and, and pamper ourselves out there like how y'all do in L.A. But that's the day. Let's, 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 let's not forget Liz Sanity. Let's not forget Liz Sanity. That was okay. nice. Listen, the Knicks fans a, love 36 and 46 records. Life, the best moment of his life was where? In New York. In New York. All right. <laughs> so what you talking about? All right, whatever. All right, what are let's you keep it about? moving. Let's keep it moving. That's fine. That's fine. Bing bong, you know, four game sweep. Oh, wow. I don't know. Oh, um, but no, yeah, you know, uh, watch your mouth. I, I, I honestly think, and I've heard that um, the Kings are shopping. I don't know if they're gonna let him go, but Darian Fox, um, we know the 76ers want somebody of substance to come on their team in trade of Ben Simmons. And you need to think about a potential opportunity, even though Tyrese Maxey has been fantastic in the role that he's been playing for the Sixers, but you put Darren Fox in that role. I, I don't even know. I don't know if Halliburton is is enough of a, a caliber player to be traded for Ben Simmons. But when you're thinking about a Darren Fox and how the pace of play is going to change for the 76ers, because mind you, I think right now when they had success with Ben Simmons, it was because he could rebound the basketball and push the basketball while dribbling because he was also a point guard. I think putting a Darren Fox, I mean – Ooh, transition is the best time to shoot threes. When you have a Curry, I don't care what the first name is uh, on your roster, um, and you surround them with some shooters, you know what I'm saying? That might be a move where the 76ers now put themselves in a serious situation where they might be the favorites to come out of the East or really give the Brooklyn Nets or the Miami Heat really a hard time. Definitely the, the Bucks for sure. I mean, they have to do something at this point. I mm -hmm. don't really think that they are going to be able to make it out of the East with the roster currently constructed. And then I also, I, I, I don't know where they go with Ben Simmons. I just feel like if they don't trade him at this point, and there's like not a lot of talks going around about him being moved anyway, I just feel like this is just going to be it for the rest of the season. Then they're just going to play it out and have him move on towards the end of the season. But I don't think that right now the Sixers can be as great as they can. I don't think this is a championship team at all. Um, and I, I kind of, I kind of wish they would have did something before. Like I feel like they just sat too late, and now they just have this sitting around looming over them, and it's just, it's been a mess to be honest. But well, that's just Daryl Morey innocence. Alicia, to to piggyback on your point. I think it's not the worst case scenario. Can we look at a guy like a Jordan Poole, 
for, for Golden State or even the blessing in disguise, which I feel like for a Miami Heat fan, when you lose both of your all-stars and Bam Adebayo and, and, uh, and Jimmy Butler, guys coming off the bench now are getting started minutes. And then with that, if they are productive, they start to have this humongous amount of uh, confidence. So, for example, Tyrese Maxey, he's getting the opportunity because Ben Simmons is not playing. And he has had his ups and downs, but when he gets up from his recent down, that is building confidence. And, and, and within the game of basketball, where it is 90% mental, 10% physical, confidence is the utmost importance as an NBA player, which is why Ben Simmons is not playing right now. Because mentally, he can't play in Philadelphia. Mentally, he can't. Right. And it's not because he's a bad player, but mentally he's gone. You know, he, he already has that non-self-belief and that and, and I can only imagine the first negative things that he hears in Philadelphia. If he was playing with the Sixers, how bad that would be for his confidence and the rest of the game. I'm sure he's still thinking about that one time in the in the um, playoffs against the Hawks, where he, instead of going for the dunk and he was afraid to get fouled, he passed the ball. And that that was a pivotal moment in that game against the Hawks. So anyways, I'm rambling. Yeah, it's okay. I kind of want to move on to another team in the West who has been in purgatory, I call it, for the past couple of years, and it's Portland. They have currently Dane injured. He's out for the next six to eight weeks. You know, they're out with C.J. McCollum as well. But they also have two expiring contracts coming at the end, up at the end of the year with Merkage and Robin Covington. So what direction do you see this team going in? Honestly, I would just blow this team up. I know Dane wants to stay, and Dane wants to get it on his own and feel like he can get a championship to Portland. I just don't see that happening. Currently, with how everything is constructed and the pieces that they keep bringing in, it's just the West is so hard. It's, it's very mediocre at this point. So... I think they should blow it up. Dame should just move on, find another place. I don't think he should combine him with other superstars. Maybe if he wants to come to New York, that's a player that I would take, Corbin. But what do you think Portland should be doing right now? I mean, I'm like, oh, my God, Russell Westbrook on Gobert. Sorry. I'm... Yeah, first of all, time out, time out to the listeners out there. This is what we've been dealing with, mind you, for this past 45 minutes. Is Corbin watching this mediocre Lakers team? He just massacred Gobert. Yo, he literally, check by the time y'all listen to y'all. No, I'm watching it. I'm literally watching it. You see that, Doug? Why are you not reacting? It's it's the fact behind these little Miami apartments in the parking lot. Oh. (laughs) Oh, anyways, okay, I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. I'll stop. But I'm just saying, I got hyped. I'm sorry. I got. They gave us a tech for that. Anyways, all right, moving on. Moving on. Moving right along. I wow, what a dunk! I think the Blazers should definitely blow it up. Dame was playing horrible when he was playing. I'm just saying, like he was shooting worse from three than Russell Westbrook. All due respect to Russ for the first couple of games, um, first like 20-something games here in, in, in the season. Um, when he finally did go and get that abdominal surgery, when he finally did decide to go get it, I mean, look at the Blazers. They're like, right now, if the lottery star, they'd be picking, if the draft star, they'd be picking 10th. 
you know, so where they are right now, like they haven't been playing well with Dame. They're not playing well without him. All their other guys are playing. Remember, you are giving Robert Covington and Yusef Nurkic two of your pending free agents starter minutes. They are starters and they've not been moving the needle. So if you ask me, uh, give all the minutes to Anthony Simons, make him a priority this offseason with just the way that you're going to be bringing him back um, in restrictive free agency. Look at whether Nasir Little and others can join and make a, a good fit around um, Simons and just rebuild. And you can look at it and, and, and go to Damian Lillard and say, this is one of two paths we can go. We can either A, tell you that we're going to transcend a little earlier into your Dirk years, you know, because right now, if we're rebuilding, we're not a championship level team. But guess what? As we are constructed right now, we're not a championship level team. So you can kind of bring in the next new Blazers and kind of help them along while you're still in your prime. Or we could do like the Thunder did or Russell Westbrook. I cannot speak. We could do like the Thunder did with Russell Westbrook back in 2019. We go, hey, this reached the end of his rope. Like, we'll find a place that's good for you. We'll try to do right by you because you've done right by us for a decade plus, and we'll make that happen and be like, say, la vie. Like, that's where you have to go with it. Because if you bring those two guys back, one, you're going to be in like just tax hell because you still got to bring back Simons. You still got to bring back, got to pay money for these guys and extend them for long term deals. And these guys are not getting younger with the exception of Simons. If you don't bring them back just because of your tax situation, you're not going to be able to get guys that are going to be of equal value. It's definitely going to be lesser because all you can afford unless you get a value for cheap. And you know how that goes. So it's like the players that right now, as they're struck, constructed, can only go down. They try to continue to be, oh, we're going to try to remain a winner. It, the blueprint isn't there right now. You know, um, I think rebuilding is definitely the way to go. Blow up. I think they can blow up without giving away Damian Lillard. Um I think right now with him not even playing any games, that's just going to go ahead and put them in a better situation as far as draft stock is concerned. But getting rid of the expiring contracts at Covington, because there's teams out there that need a Covington. Um, Nurkic, like there's there's teams that need those players. Go ahead and try to get assets, right? Get assets and use those assets either to A, get players to come because that's not a free agency destination. Right. But then if you have assets at your at your 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 hand, your palm, you can go ahead and make things happen to where, okay, now I have this player or this uh, or another player coming to my squad. Um, Because we added up a lot of assets to where now we can just, you know, benefit from it. But I definitely don't want to see Lillard playing on a different team. Honestly, I really don't. I think um, Lillard is the type of person, just like how Corey Bryant is, they want to stay and play with the, the team one time or only only team to play, Tim Duncan, uh, 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 Dirk Nowinski. Um, when you think about those type of guys, you think of Damian Lillard, um, and they'll how much Portland, the city, means to him is almost equivalent to the number that he wears, which is an O in Oakland, right? Um, so I definitely think this is a, a almost like a perfect storm to where okay, let's get rid of these guys, go ahead and develop some assets, get some assets, make some trades in the off season to go ahead and build it up to where now the Portland Trailblazers have pieces surrounding Damian Lillard. Because if you think about it, he never had an opportunity to have a fully healthy team. Almost every year is this person injured, is that person injured. CJ McCollum was the big piece that he was missing this season because CJ McCollum missed a lot of games. Um, but I know with trading or letting him go, when he does get back healthy, that's definitely going to bring some um, tradable assets in the offseason. I think I think that's the way to go because right now, yeah, they, they, they're definitely lottery. I don't think if 
Lillard play the rest of his games, there's still going to probably be a lottery team, if not just the 10th seed for the playing game. It's time to go ahead and, uh, you know, let it loose. Could have said it better. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I agree. I just, if Dame is going to leave Portland, Damian, please come to New York. The Lakers. You know, the real New York team. Oh, no one cares about the Lakers, please. Okay, we're going to end off here, though. <laughs> you know, we've been talking for a while, but do you guys have any more hot takes you want to get off? Anything that you saw this week on Twitter, social media, anything adjacent to basketball that you want to talk about? I'm just going to shoot this out real quick. Uh, you're going to hear this by the time we get on next week, but Rudy Gobert can just get wrecked. Russell Westbrook's back, baby. If y'all real Russell Westbrook fans know, y'all know the calendar is now high time. For us to be one of the top 10 players in the NBA, we are living it. Embrace it, y'all. By the time next week comes, I just want to be getting all the praise, all the adulation for just sharing it with y'all. So definitely make sure to ride that wave. Outside of that, NBA Twitter, man, y'all can just kick rocks because I've been not, I haven't even like typed and I've just been listening to some responses and stuff or not listening, reading. And it's just, it's whack out there. So that's all I got, y'all. Russ forever. Is, is, is it is it rag or is it fact? Because let's let's talk about it. Because you know, whack and fact can um are two different things. And um, yeah, let's talk. Okay, so I, I'm gonna be. It just feel like it's like a like a. I love interaction. I love talking to people. Like I love people. Like that works, right? I'm sure we all are people. Well, for the most part, most of us are people. People, but. The same yeah. time, no, no shout out to Elise or anything. I didn't mean that. Oh, sorry. Anyways, the point being though is like outside of that, like NBA Twitter just feels like sometimes it's big. Like we throw out the take, and then we all like agree with the take, and then we all pat each other on the back for it. Or like it's this big old like I don't know. It's it doesn't give other voices time to shine. It's always the same, you know, fifteen twenty big people you know, saying some things and having this echo chamber and, and, and it's not discourse for everyone. It's discourse among the top. I can sometimes vibe with that. You know, I, I like listen to them too. Like it's fine. But other times it is annoying to be like, Hey, like, you know, you put out a take and you're not even really interacting with other people, except you interact with people that are just like you at the top of the chain. And I don't see like discourse. We're not doing this with the best of intentions to like understand ball at a high level among everyone it's only among you know a certain segment of people and i guess annoying after a while so right now it's annoying for me well i know alicia you're a passionate fan of the knicks obviously the, the corbin is a really passionate fan of the lakers but as passionate fans i'm, I'm a heat fan um do you think and i know the answer is yes because we are entitled to anything but fans booing their home team or booing their home player. For an example, a la uh, Julius Randle. And that he put the thumbs down for the players to respond. It's almost like a two-part question. A, should fans be booing their own team? And then B, if that does happen, does that give the players the, the authority or the right to respond in uh, not, a negative, uh, not a positive way, like how Julius Randle did? Especially with this hot take on what the thumbs down actually meant. Well, well, we can start there because obviously Julius told the fans in New York to shut the fuck up. Okay. And as a New Yorker, that's something that it's casually said to people. Okay. I don't want to make it <laughs> literally like, it's like the, the biggest thing in the world. But as someone who's playing, the reason that we're booing you is because last year you played way better. Okay. And 
if we're at the same position that we were last year, but you're not playing the same, something's wrong. And I feel like New Yorkers are just so passionate that they want the best out of the players. And listen, we ride the dirt sometimes. Not going to hold you. Like, we ride the pure garbage, dirt, whatever, in the train station, running around, like garbage, okay? The fact that we're still on Julius's side and we're booing you, that means we want to see you do well. So I get that Julius probably isn't used to how New Yorkers are, how maybe we kind of give you a pat on the back or a kick in the butt. Sometimes we give you a punch in the face. It, Whatever it is, we're just going to let you know. We're just trying to give you a little oomph to get under you because you're not playing as well as you were last year. And I just don't feel like he should respond to it. Honestly, like I understand maybe he's a little upset because you're getting booed at home. Yeah. But at the same time, you that doesn't give you the right to tell the fans to shut the fuck up. Because sure. listen, if you keep playing worse and you keep doing the same nonsense that you're doing, I'm telling you right now, your ass is gonna get ran out of New York. <laughs> Hit the road, Jack. In a, in a don't minute. Come back no more. All right. So Julius, Julius <laughs> needs to watch himself. Julius needs to watch himself because I, I really don't understand why players get so offended when fans are who they are okay fans are fanatics that means they're, they're going to ride and die for the team and when you're on the team they want you to succeed and do well once you leave whatever happens happens but most times especially if you played in new york once you're a new yorker a knicks fan i, I should say once you a, a new yorker nick like we're gonna ride for you forever people come back all the time and it's just like they get the high praise still so julius just don't listen to it. I don't know why he got offended to it. I don't know why. Why would you put your, the dumbs down jer- during the game? Like, yeah, you're weird, brother. Don't do that again. That, that was that was that was a lot. That was a lot. Corkman, what you think? I'm not gonna lie. I don't support second tier banana players acting like they first tier. Like, I don't really got Julius ain't that good to be responding to the fans that way. Like, he should be grateful for every bit of praise he gets from the Knicks. And if he is getting booed, put your head down and work, but work harder. Like. That's it. Like you're not that guy. I'm sorry. Like you know, you know, you know what? You you're know, most Corbin, improved player. You're a most improved I'm, player. Like I think you said that perfectly because that's how some people almost almost the majority now. I think after this season, they say about Russell Westbrook. That's kind of awkward. Whoa, whoa, oh, whoa, 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 whoa! Time out. <laughs> well, obviously you need to go back and look at that dunk that Russ that just had. All right. Listen, you're but here's the, thing. No, but here's not, the thing. no, no, no. You ain't gonna end on no, no, no. Wait, you can't. We're do this gonna end. You cannot let Kelsey get the last word on this one. I now Russell Westbrook. Certainly can. Now Russell Westbrook. Okay, yes, ma'am. I certainly can. Okay. I certainly can. Because we have all season to talk about Russ. And I will, because this is his time. But no, it's so funny. I I just want to point out not only 10 minutes ago, maybe, maybe less, Corbin threw out a trade for Russ, right? He wanted to get rid of his ass. Get him. No, no, no. I didn't want to get rid of him. It was just an idea. No, I I didn't want to. I didn't want to. (laughs) He did. He surely did. We got the money. <laughs> we, we got you on tape, brother. All right, listen, I'm recording. All right. <laughs> but on a serious note, though, um, going back to if fans should actually boo the players, oh. let's look at the Philadelphia 76ers and a guy like Ben Simmons, who is an all star, right? Now they miss out on a person of his caliber just because of how he was playing and how they reacted to him playing that way. Because 
Ben Simmons is not playing because he knew the first game he was going to play in Philadelphia, especially after the long offseason and everybody talking about that one play against the Hawks where he passed the ball instead of trying to dunk it because he can't make a free throw. He knew he was going to get booed from the first game, the first second he touched the basketball, which is why he's not playing. So now the Philadelphia 76ers, in a sense, I mean, they're still okay because they got Joel Embiid. But then again, you're missing out on a key caliber player like in the Ben Simmons all because y'all want to be hard asses on him. Well, yeah. I, Listen, I mean, no one mm-hmm. can change a city overnight. I'm sorry. And I understand that Ben Several Simmons times. is not mentally prepared and equipped to deal with the fans and the team and how everything has been going. But honestly, Philadelphia has been here longer than Ben Simmons has been alive and will be here long after Ben Simmons after. is gone. That's okay? Nice. So it, you can't change a city overnight. You can't change a city at all. The roots are what they are in Philadelphia. Same with all over. So he just, is, he just isn't equipped to play in Philadelphia, and that's okay. But if you are in the team, wherever wherever you're at, and you're playing, and you want to be a part of the franchise and be part of the community and all this other stuff, you got to go with the good and the bad, whatever comes with it. Yeah, I'm with that. I think some fans in New York can be spoiled, but at the same time, at the end of the day, like, you got, you got, like, you got to take it. You know what I mean? And if you are a team and your fan base is, wants you to to have more effort, like, they give you that energy. But, yeah, they have the right to call you out. Like, it's not just, like, oh, we're blind to everything you're doing wrong. Like, that's not how that works, you know? Sometimes, yes, it is unwarranted and unfair. I get that. But for the most part, I think the fans know, you know, when to call a spade a spade. And as players, like, if they think you're playing like boo-boo, they're going to let you know about it. I think it's their right to do it. They pay good money not to see you get blown out every other game. So, yeah, at the end of the and day, I, I think that you owe it to them. I'm about to say, to piggyback on Alicia, too, it's not the fans wanting to see them fail. No. It's the saying, like, hey, you can do better. We know you can do better. Pick it up, a la Kemba Walker. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. he was a little shaky, and it became in the beginning of the year to the point he was outside the rotation. But that one game, when he came back into the rotation, you know, the garden was ah, like they won their first playoff game in like a whole bunch of years. Mm-hmm. Last year. <laughs> they threw a whole party, but that's a conversation for another day because they don't know. Mm-hmm. They, don't, they don't know wins like how Miami know how. Know what? Let me pay it. Anyways, no, we I think we got, we're going to end it on that. I don't, I, I don't <laughs> understand. What is wrong with the two of you? Like, I, you know what? It, I, I haven't even been. Like boisterous in any of this. It's just YouTube. Oh, well, I'll do. Are actually listening? No, sorry. <laughs> we're gonna end it here. We, we are gonna end it here. As Magic Johnson once said, "You Lakers fans deserve better." Ooh. Period. Thank Ooh, you guys, wow. ladies and gentlemen, for listening to Let's Ball Out. We'll be back next week Mm-mm. to discuss more ball, whatever else is going on, to discuss Corbin's sorry ass Lakers and Kelsey and his cold Miami Heat. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> this has been a sports ethos presentation